Hi guys, welcome back to Two Peas in a Pod. So for all of you who listen to our Life Isn't Black and White episode, we're very big on not following timelines of what society thinks we should be doing. Um, so for this episode, we've got Raman on the podcast. He's an example of someone who didn't follow the generic timeline, but has still achieved so much success in the business world. So we wanted to get him on to sort of discuss his journey and any advice he has for entrepreneurs um, or anyone that wants to start their own business. Right. Okay, so let's go back to the beginning. How did you find school? Like, were you quite academic, or what was your school experience like? Um, you know what? I actually loved school, but not for the reasons why most people would love school. As in, I loved like the social aspect of school. Used to had a massive group of friends in school. Used to love going to school. I think everyone only enjoyed it for social reasons. Do you not think? Yeah, but. Like, as in, while well, being, like, suspended about four or five times, I used to get in trouble for stupid things. Not, like, not, not, not like, fights or anything like that. Just just stupidness. L- literally just banter. Oh, were you the class clown? <laughs> you definitely were. I think I was one of them. One of them, yeah. I can see that. Yeah, I think I was one of them. But, yeah, we used to have a massive, like, friendship circle in school. And- like school was just a laugh literally from nine o'clock in the morning to three o'clock it was just banter well I didn't really like school no I did and I didn't I got in a lot of trouble too so I think that's why I didn't and I actually I hated studying I hated education back in the day whereas now I'm a lot different now but back then I was just like I didn't care I didn't really care and I could have put in so much more effort but you know that whole concept of it wasn't like cool to be smart that's really stupid I know and obviously it's real though 100% I think it's true but I I don't think the majority of people like studying I think I did when I got to year 11 I did a little bit I just liked making my notes pretty (laughs) and using different coloured highlighters and then that made me like want to study it's it's weird though because obviously you know I come to, um like I said that I used to love school massive friendship circle. I right now I don't I'm not in contact with a single person from school. Uh, that's just natural, right? Like it's always going to evolve and people are going to come, people are going to go. Yeah, that's very true. I think the people that I kind of stopped talking to were people that after school like didn't really care about life. You know, you you start to care a bit more about. Well, I started to care a bit more about my education and stuff after I left. So those people that didn't really care or, yeah, just didn't care about where they were going, I think those people just didn't stay in my life because we weren't really on the same level. Do you know what I mean? I feel like school, like, it depends. Like, if, if you're lucky enough to sort of fall into what it is that you want to go into like in the future or, like, find something that you really enjoy, then you will like it, like, the academic side of it. But I feel like a lot of people find out what they want to do later on in life or change their mind like 20 million times which is still okay but like for you like you're saying like the way you were in school I feel like those characteristics are what has like helped you be where you are today you know like the fact that you were you know like when I was in like year nine year ten I sort of like I like started DJing and my like focus was kind of drawn to that 
like, how can I join this roadshow? I, I want to start DJing at parties. I want to start doing this, this, this. And because I started to make a bit of money from that, it sort of took my attention away from school. Yeah. I think when you're young and, like, you get money, it's like you don't really care about anything else. That that feeling of getting money when you're young and being able to, like, do what you want, especially when no one else is doing it as well, it's like your attention... Like my attention would have totally not that it was actually even on education, but it would have been even worse if I was like earning quite young. Yeah, I didn't get my first job till like what I was sixteen. So like yeah, you started DJing in year nine. Yeah, and then by year ten, I was DJing everyone's birthday parties and stuff like that. Do you know what's really ironic though? It's like at that age, you're just like, oh, all I want to do is like get a job and and earn money, right? Not realizing that that's basically what you're going to do for the rest of your life. For me, when I um, started DJing, it was more, I, I wasn't really thinking about the money side of it. It's literally, I just loved doing it. I just, used to literally just love it. And like, cool, like the money would come, but I was also at that age where I'd go out on the weekends with all like my friends and the money would go. Like Sorry? you found that you really enjoyed. Did you not want to pursue that? You know what? It just got to a point where a whole load of things happened and, um, uh, for me for me there was just like, I don't like want to really get into that but there was just no like sort of going back for me yeah I'd like done my time put it to one side crack on and would you do it as like a hobby still or or no I don't have anywhere near the same love for it as I did when I was doing it full time yeah when you first started did you think this is me like I'm doing this for the rest of my life this is what I want to do I don't think when I first started but as a two three four years into it 100% oh really 100% I used to think this is me like that's interesting because you're definitely nowhere close to that now <laughs> you're doing something I'm, I'm literally now. as far on the opposite yeah. DJ at the moment <laughs> yeah so what about after school what did you do after school so if I had the choice I would have gone to sixth form that choice was taken away from me Purely because after like the fifth time that they uh, suspended me, they basically said to me that I can't go back for sixth form. So that sort of changed things. So you went to college and then then what happened? Did you enjoy so, college? So basically I got my GCSE results. They came back all right. I ended up going to Windsor College. And honestly, like when I say I had the, the best eight months of my life at Windsor College. Big up Windsor College. You know what it sounds like? Your whole school experience was just about the social aspect. You have to be really disciplined. I think that's why a lot of people do stay at sixth form because it's a lot of freedom so young. Like, if you know you're not going to learn in that kind of environment, then stay at school, basically. And and bear in mind, now that I've started Windsor College, I've got a lot more intense with the DJing. I was picking and choosing when I'd even go to college. So you prioritise DJing? 100%. But I guess you know what, right? In your situation, in your situation, when I went to sixth form, I still didn't really know what I wanted to do. So I thought getting getting this education would help me and will enable me to know what I want to do in the future. Whereas at that, in your situation, you already knew you wanted to DJing. So for you, it kind of probably felt pointless. Why am I going to college when I know what I want to do? I'm in that industry. I'm like earning from it. I can just develop on that. So. College was probably just like didn't really mean as much. Um, you know what? I think the reason why I went to college, I think at that point where you're what you're 16, going on 17 years old, I was still at that stage where it was expected from my parents. Yeah. Like you are expected to go to 
sixth form. If, like, if you don't go sixth form, you're expected to go to college. So like the thing for me is my parents always made it clear to me that go through school, go through sixth form college. If you don't want to go to uni, that's completely up to you. Yeah. Like they, 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 they always gave me that choice. They always made that clear to me. I agree with that personally, but that's just my opinion. I think education is important, guys. No, I'm all for like not going to uni, but I think there's a certain level of education and qualifications that you should have under your belt to to kind of fall back on if things don't work out. You obviously clearly didn't finish. Mm -hmm. So how did you find that? Like, firstly, why did you leave? How did your parents feel? We're like Asian, firstly. So like you say, they made it clear that you needed to finish. So how were they then okay with it? So yeah, so (laughs) it's a point where I never used to go to any lectures. And then I got called into, it was like the head of like department. And he basically said, you, like, you're not turning up. So there's no point you being here. So I left. So what, there and then you decided, oh, cool, I'll leave. I mean, that and sort of pushed out the door a little bit. You basically got like expelled. Is that even the British term? Expelled. I think so. And then uh, I went home. I had to break the news to my parents. What did they say? They were surprisingly okay with it. Really? They were surprisingly okay. Because I think by that point, I was earning decent money doing, like, <laughs> doing DJ. Yeah, I think if you... I bet if you didn't have that, they would not have been okay with it. 100%. But luckily, I did have that. And that kind of softened the blow a bit. So then after that, you were DJing. So how long did you DJ for? So when I left college, I DJed. Actually, to be fair, when I left college, I actually got a job. Um, I got a job as a sales rep selling training courses. Did you enjoy that? At the time, I did. But work's work, isn't it? Like, I don't think anyone enjoys going into work. Like, as in they work. In, I, I, you know what? I enjoyed it as much as I could enjoy working in like a call center. So nine to five. So I used to work on the American team. So my hours were like one in the afternoon till 10 at night. I would make sure I could take off pretty much every Friday that they would allow me to take off. So to make sure I was available to do gigs on a Friday, I had to take Fridays off. And I think they sort of eventually like clocked on. So how long did you do the nine to five for? Oh, well, one to 10. Um, six, seven months. And then wedding season kicked in. It was literally make a choice. Do I go into work or do I go to gigs on the weekend? And gigs like during the week. And the money that I was making through the gigs was far outweighing the money that I was earning monthly through my salary. Yeah. And you obviously enjoyed that more. So. Yeah, DJing was what I wanted to be doing. Yeah. yeah. So for me, it was like a sense of achievement when I left my job and started DJing full time because that was always a dream that I had from the beginning when I first started DJing. Yeah. That must have been whatever the decision was. We don't have to talk about that, but it obviously must have been impactful for you to decide that you don't want to do this dream that you've had for so long. So what did you, like, what was your thought process after that? Like, how did you feel like you were going to continue on this career journey of yours? I like, I made a choice whilst I was angry. And I thought, you know what? When I calm down, I, I might, like, all of this might blow over. Yeah. I was, I was, in, I was in that kind of mind frame, but... It just didn't, and I just like I just couldn't get over what the issue was. So yeah. then I, was, I sort of so literally I just overnight packed it in, and I didn't. I, I literally had nothing, nothing to fall back on. 
I had That's nothing. Scary. Uh, How old were you at this point? I was 20, 19, about to be 20. Okay. Yeah, 19, about to turn 20 years old. Um, That's still young, li- though. Yeah, no, that is really young. It's still young, but I've I've literally got nothing to fall back on. I've got no qualifications past GCSE. I've got one job on my CV, which shows I was there six months, which doesn't look the greatest. Like I, I, I literally had nothing, and I didn't really think about that before I packed in. Yeah. So yeah, so I what it didn't really prep me for was the like the fallout of me leaving, which was me then trying to find my feet and okay, like this has happened now. Like now what? I just didn't know what like what direction my life was going in. I didn't have anything to fall back on. Um, what literally? What do I do now? Yeah, and I feel like although you were quite young, probably looking at your friends and like people like your age around you who maybe have just started uni at that point or like yeah, apprentice you know what? whatever. Yeah, for me, that probably made it worse because I'm literally here having like a crisis, and literally everyone's out in mooch and out in like. <laughs> <laughs> everyone's living their best life and i'm I'm here like so mate can't join the sesh because you need to sort your life out literally i'm i i, I just literally didn't know what I'm, i was i was literally at a point where i was just stuck yeah so at that point did you you had no clue like what you might want to do you had no clue at all i didn't have a clue i started applying for jobs but i soon came to realize that even that even like entry level roles, they were asking for A levels, and obviously, I, that's I, I just literally don't have it. So, like, what do I do? Okay, so you were stuck, and you had nothing to fall back on. Mm-hmm. So then, how long were you stuck for? When did you start thinking, okay, this is what I want to do now? I've decided I'm going to do this. And what um, was that that you started? For probably the best part of a year. I didn't know if I was coming, I didn't know if I was going. Um, then we went on a family holiday to Canada and I sat down with one of my uncles in Canada and I just had an idea. And we were like talking about watches. Like, I'm like a massive watch fan, I love watches. So me and him were talking about watches and I just had an idea like, I love watches, why don't I start my own business and it be something to do with watches? I didn't know what but something to do with watches, whether it's buying and selling watches, whether it's having my own brand of watches, whether it's fixing watches, something. I knew I wanted to do watches. I didn't know what I wanted to do with watches. And you hadn't experienced like, sort of like having your own business before this, right? This was like your first time trying to- This was my first business, but I've like grown up. So it's probably easier to pick out the people in my family that don't have a business because Everyone in my family has business. I've just grown up around business. Okay, yeah, that's good. Um, but I've never been directly involved. This would be my. It would be my first venture of actually off like off my own back. Okay, so obviously you're starting in something that you're you've already got a passion in, mm-hmm. um, which meant you know that you should enjoy it and stuff. So how how did that journey go? Like, where did you end up? What was what was all of that like? So basically over over a couple of months, like the idea just kind of evolved and I'd figured out that I wanted to start my own brand of watches. I'd seen the kind of watches that were out there on the market at the moment. I'd seen how well they were selling and how huge these companies were sort of growing to. And um I picked 
I'd picked a brand name, Lorena London. I had a logo made. Um, I had products sourced. I've had all my products made and manufactured. Now it was a case of, okay, I've done sort of the groundwork. Like even even like to the point where, um, and then I kind of got to a stage where, okay, cool, everything's in place. Now I've got one big problem. I need to buy a whole load of stock. How am I going to fund purchasing all of this stock? Obviously, I've not had a job for a year. Yeah. So personal finances weren't amazing. I haven't really got a leg to stand on to go to my parents and ask them for any money because it's my fault that I haven't got a leg to stand on. <laughs> yeah. I'm the one that left college. I'm, I'm the one that left DJing. Do you know what I mean? So I then had to go and get... Um, I then had to go and get finance for myself, which was a whole other sort of ball game for me and a whole other kind of learning curve that I went through. Yeah. I mean, that's the main thing, though, isn't it? In this process, like how much you learn, like it was mm-hmm. your first first venture. Like you didn't know how it was going to go, but you learn a lot. Basically, what basically happened with the first business is that I ended up getting finance for it. Um, I got so to promote the business, I got a couple of celebrities to wear the watches, post it all over their social media, blah, blah. Um, we sold a fair amount of watches, but not like none to the amount that we thought that like we were going to sell. Yeah. So it became very clear that now we're kind of in the hole. Like we've, we've just spent a whole load of money and we're not making any money back. Wait, can yeah. we rewind a little bit? Just yeah. rewind like right to the beginning of before you started this business. Mm-hmm. Like, so you're 20 years old when you first started Lorena? Yeah, 19 turning 20, yeah. So was that not like quite a scary thing and the biggest risk, especially in that kind of like selling watches when a lot of people were kind of doing it, like there's a lot of brands out there that are doing it. So were you not like, you're 20 years old, you want to start your business. Like, obviously it's great, but how did you decide, okay, I'm just going to do it? like? It's a scary thing, no? Even the thought of now, I was to start my own thing. I'm 24 years old and I'd be like, even though I've seen like you succeed and people around me succeed still, I, I think it's still quite, it's quite a scary, scary thing. No, it, it is 100%, but like you have to remember that I was at a point where I've got nothing else going for me. Yeah. yeah. You're ready to take a risk. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling to get I'm literally struggling to get another job. No, no qualifications. It's either this and make it work, or like I, I literally, I'm, I'm, I'm literally about square one, stuck in that same hole that I was stuck in when I left DJing. Yeah. So it, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say I was forced into it, but I kind of, I, like, I kind of knew that I had to do it. Yeah. I, the thing is, it was just a major learning curve for me. Like I really underestimated a lot of things. And I should have taken a lot more time with it, been a lot more careful with it. Um, but yeah, it's like it is what it is, isn't it? It's a learning curve. So how how did that one end? And what made you decide to just just leave it as it is? Say it was completely dried up. Were you at a place where you thought I can like I can improve on this? I can I can get it out of the hole, or were you just like I'm just going to call it quits now? You know like 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 the thing that I quickly realised is your marketing budget. You needed to have deep pockets like there's like the brands who we were going up against they've got marketing budgets of 20 grand plus per day daily yeah how do you compete with that no that's true especially like 
Like at 20 years old, like how do I single-handedly compete with that? So I, so I quickly found out. So you know what? For the first couple of months, I did it because I had money there in the bank, ready to spend and to book these celebrities in and to uh, launch this PR campaign and this marketing campaign. But when that money ran out and that and slowly, slowly that uh, pot started to empty. Yeah. That was it. I didn't. I literally didn't have no more money to pump back into the business, and you needed to pump a lot more back into the business to see the returns that we needed to be seen. So it was more of a thing of, okay, let me just like quit whilst I'm ahead, basically. And to be fair, I, like, I, I literally wasn't even ahead. It was it was literally just a thing, like let me nip this one in the bud before it gets any worse. And I yeah. keep like digging the hole that I'm in. Even to do that, like that takes a lot. Like you've put so much time and energy and like, you know, you really wanted it to work. It was like a passion of yours. Like to mm. just to just leave it, like obviously it was the, the wise thing to do but like a lot of people probably would have just carried on just because they've got that attachment to it now like put themselves in debt or whatever and like you, you know what? As, as well as as well as having a uh, attachment to it I think it, I think there's a lot of pride involved as well yeah no, sure. no one wants to sit here like no one wants to be sitting here on a podcast and be saying you know what I did this and I completely failed yeah no one wants to be saying that and the thing that I learned as well a big thing I think I learned for for um, myself personally was I think when I was launching that business I, I felt like I just shared too much with everyone I, I, f I feel like I, I was just telling people you know what I'm going to be doing this like two months before I've even done it yeah yeah that's, it, a big, that's a big mistake I think literally I'd be like to people you know what I'm doing this I'm doing this and I didn't even know that it, like if, if I was even gonna be doing it I thought of doing it like stuff like stuff was in the works to make it happen but nothing was actually like set in stone yet but I was there I was you know what I'm thinking of doing this I'm thinking of booking this celebrity thinking of booking that celebrity I think when I when I started saying that I think I kind of tempted fate a bit and it's the nazard yeah because obviously you're excited right you want to share it with people, like your friends and your family and whatever but no like I think definitely that's a key thing like for anyone starting a business definitely. as well I think because yeah. you were for one year not really doing anything the fact mm -hmm. that you were, you wanted people to know, you know what, I'm, I, I've yes. got my shit together basically now. Yeah. So it was hard to not share that. And it's quite exciting. It's your first business. Like, probably back then, like, how many people did we know? I, like, you were one of the first people I knew at our age starting their own business, to be honest. I can't even think of a person now. There might be someone. I don't yeah. think there was, to be honest. Yeah, it's, it's one of those things, like, when you look at it in hindsight, me oversharing with like all these people and saying, oh yeah, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. It made it even worse for like the fallout of it. So obviously when everything started to go downhill, it made it even more embarrassing for me to be like, oh, like. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think oversharing when, uh, I, think, I think in any business, just keep everything to yourself. If you really want to shout and scream about it, do it after everything is like set in stone. You know it's happening, yeah. Mm -hmm. No, I agree. Do you think it was, didn't go to plan because you were quite young or and you didn't know enough so but it just it just is what it is isn't it like I can't I can't I can't go back and change it um I probably learned the most lessons from that business launching and seeing that business fall apart than, than anything to be honest so do you think that obviously we'll go into like the position that you're in now but do you think you wouldn't be in this position if it wasn't for what happened with Lorena yeah 100% I think I needed to go through that first phase yeah I think some people do I think 
it's you learn you learn from your mistakes like you say and you just know like you if you were to just go into your new business now you'd be making those mistakes for this one do you know what I mean you always will it's your first one no one's no one knows everything when they first try something new so you know what I you I've probably said this to you like a billion times before like there's three phases right so firstly you have to go through your losses. Everyone is going to fail. Everyone is going to take a loss. Like the chances of you launching a business and it going absolutely bonkers on your first go are very, very slim. If you do it, amazing. Everyone is going, everyone's going to go through failures. Everyone's going through losses. It's just a part of life, right? After your losses, you have to take your lessons from your losses. You have to learn from your losses, right? All your mistakes, all the mistakes I made from Lorena, take them on board, learn from them, make sure that they don't happen again. Put everything into place eventually you're going to reap the benefits and then third phase is your blessings what i mean by the blessings is when like when like you launch a business and you set yourself a goal and you reach that goal that that's a big thing like that that for me i think that that is a thing that should be celebrated you've done that by yourself like clap for yourself like do you know what i mean no yeah. one else is going to clap for you you know what i mean it's 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 a massive thing you're the one that's taken the plunge like you might know 10 of your friends that are comfortable in their nine to five jobs, you've taken the plunge, you've invested your own money, you, you've invested your own time on a venture which you don't even know is going to work. Yeah. So this is what I always say, set yourself goals. Then what I would do is set myself smaller goals and then I'd work myself, I'd, I'd, I'd like work my way through those smaller goals to eventually get the bigger goal. Yeah. But yeah, after yeah, the- a loss, you should, always, you should always take a lesson from it. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Do you feel like any any part of like your journey so far, or even where you are right now, do you feel like a part of you wishes you still were doing that, or are you are you glad that you've made those choices now, looking back on it? I think in the first year when I stopped DJing, I probably felt that way. That I, I wish I, I wish I was back there. I wish I could build those bridges again. Now, no, nothing in me wants to go back to that to that point in my life. To be fair, it was, a, it was a massive stage of my life. I loved it, but that time's gone, it's passed, put it to one side. I feel like even like your whole journey up until now, like for people that already know you, obviously will know like your personality and like the type of person you are, but like for anyone new that's listening and like getting to know you, like mm. you can tell already like from school, like you've always been the type of person that probably like, not, I feel like not everybody can go into business like not everybody can start a business like you have to like you said be be able to take risks and be like really out like an outgoing social person and I feel like a nine to five just never was for you like you were never meant to do that like the type of person yeah, you were. to be fair now knowing you I could never imagine if you turned around and said to me oh I'm not getting a nine I'm like got this sitting behind a desk working I just can't like even I couldn't imagine it like probably get suspended <laughs> I've told I've told you these stories about me in college and me in school and having all these friends and stuff like that. Like it's it's weird because now I'm probably the opposite. Like I'm not I like don't like yeah, like don't like get me wrong, I'm social, but it wouldn't be my first preference to go out and go to a club or go to a bar or anything like like I've got a very small, tight knit group of friends. Um and yeah, like I'm I'm pretty much opposite now than what I was when I was in college then my like I used to have a massive friendship circle massive now there's probably about four or five people in my like tight-knit group of friends 
So that's good because you're around people that are, they've got the same mindset as you. They want the same things in life, right? Like you're all working towards that same goal. Like it's really important that your circle thinks how you do it, especially as you get older. Yeah. And you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm a real advocate for, if you can help your friends and help the people in your network, I would go out of my way to help people in, in my network. Like even like, even like for you guys, like obviously you guys are doing your two peas in a pod podcast and I've, I've like spoken to you guys privately and said, I can help you out and blah, blah. But I, I do that because I've got the ability to do that. And if I've got the ability to do it, like why wouldn't I do it? If I can see you guys winning and adding something to your podcast, why would I not want to help you? But I feel like not everyone thinks that way. No. And yeah. that's what's sad. Like, no, they people just want to win themselves. They don't want to see other people winning. Because for, for some reason, people think that if other people win, it takes it away from them. But why can't... You can all win. Like, you can all win. Like, why not help each other? I, I really don't understand that whole mindset. But, yeah, unfortunately, not a lot of people are like that. But like A big factor of it is pride and ego. Yeah. People always want to be seen as killing it. Yeah, they want to be better than the next person. Which, okay. don't get me wrong, you always do, right? When you're in business and, like, not even just business generally, not that you want to do better, but you want to, you see people succeeding and you want to get there at some point, but there's a way you, way you go about it. You know what? People will clap for you until the point where you're doing better than them. Yeah. That is so true, you know. Yeah. But, yeah. I feel like as you get older, you learn that so much. Yeah. But like you say, like having a like friendship group that understands that you know you can't make it this at, for this specific event because you've got a business, or even if you've just got a normal nine to five, there might be other commitments that other roles don't have. Is important, but like you were saying, Raman, the other day that when you posted your article, so Raman was what article was it? Sorry, <laughs> I forgot the headline. Rowan, tell us. Research. No, sorry, I forgot the headline. It's a big thing. I want to really talk about this, but yeah, go on. <laughs> so, yes, yeah, so I was named uh, by Yahoo Finance uh, one of the top 10 entrepreneurs under the age of 30. Yeah. Such so, an Well done for that. <laughs> but yeah, we'll talk about that soon as well. But when you posted that, people that you haven't spoken to or you know they're just you you follow them on instagram they follow you but like you know each other like if you saw each other you'd say hi but that's it and then now they want to also like know you more because of that they want to because maybe you now you might bring something to their life but before that they didn't want to know you you know that year when you were like didn't know what to do did they want to know you then you know what i, I like completely appreciate everyone sending me messages and showing love and whatever but the point that i was trying to make was surely when I announced that I was launching my business, would you not show them the same kind of love? And then? support, yeah. 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 But surely I, I would need I would need that love and support more when I'm launching my business, rather than when I'm actually being recognised and being post posted in a in an international publication. No. Yeah, that is a good point to make. To be fair. Yeah, I, I just found it. I found it a bit weird. Yeah. No, it is for sure, but. People are probably confused now because we haven't even like, spoken about your yeah. business or anything. So, so let's start now. Tell us about your business now and then we can talk about all the achievements because there are many. Um, so basically, so I run a company now called ProSource Direct. Um, we are a supply chain management agency. 
Uh, we specialize in supply chain management, uh, product sourcing, uh, logistics. Um, we've been running now for about three years. And yeah, so after I, like after I finished Loreno and after I was done with Loreno, now I'm back at square one trying to start another business. So the, what happened with this business was my dad was at work and someone approached him and said, oh, our company are looking for this product. So my dad, without even like, he, he literally just turned around and said, you know what? I think that my son can get that for you. Without even telling me or asking me, he literally <laughs> said, you know what? He can probably get that for you. And um, he came home, he told me, I started looking for this product, found a really good supplier for this product and we managed to land um, a really good contract. Um, so literally like the business I didn't set out to start the business it kind of this one kind of just fell into my lap no that's good I feel that's really good mm. like you weren't looking for it and it just happened literally whereas I think Lorena I was I went searching I was searching yeah, I think when you're searching I don't think things work out maybe sometimes they do but I think things oh. just have to they just come your way like I feel like sometimes when you're searching you're like forcing it and it's, it's just not going to go the way you kind of want it to go. So, okay. So then from there, it sort of fell into your lap. And then how did you sort of get to where you are at the moment with it? The process fell into my lap. We landed that first initial contract. Because we landed that first initial contract, um, at the time, the client wasn't really that well known. That client has now grown huge. Like they're massive. And off the back of that, we got some work off the back of that, just purely from the fact that we were associated with this company. Um, then lockdown hit. March 2020, lockdown hit. So obviously, the whole country was in panic. Businesses were closing, blah, blah. We were one of them that were literally thinking, okay, this is now really going to hurt us. What actually happened was we saw our demand increase tenfold the minute, the literally the minute that lockdown hit, getting emails, phone calls. And then during lockdown, we managed to land some pretty big contracts. And uh, yeah, literally like during lockdown, it was just word of mouth. And up until six months ago, I hadn't spent a penny on marketing. Not a single penny. All of our clients had come to us through word of mouth. That's so different then from, from the first one. So literally the first one was built around and the only way the first one would have actually done well was with the money that was being spent in like marketing. Yeah. I haven't spent a single penny. Even now, I've probably only spent a couple hundred pounds and that's just to sponsor like Instagram posts and stuff like that. So your business basically thrived off lockdown, really? My business was one of the fortunate ones that thrived off yeah. lockdown. So do you think it would be where it is now if it wasn't for lockdown? Um... That's a good question, actually. I don't think the business would be as big as what it is now. Yeah. But I think we still would have done quite well. Yeah. And um, yeah, now now we've like partnered up with some really cool, some really amazing business people. And um, there's a couple of announcements that'll be coming out about that. But I can't really say anything at the moment. You made the most of the opportunity, right? Like a lot of people, like you said, were just crying about not being able to go out. But... I think yeah. you know you made you made the most of it, and now your your business is really reaping the rewards of that. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, what? I was in a I was in a clubhouse room the other day, listening to my business partner speak with Theo Pathetis from Dragons Den, and he said 
when there's a crisis, this uh, he said something that really sort of like resonated with me. He said, when there's a crisis, there's always an opportunity. And obviously we were hit with a crisis and for us, it presented a massive opportunity. So what, yeah, so what basically he said, it couldn't have sort of rang more true to me because we've, we've literally just been through it. No, that's really good. And that's like really good advice as well, actually, for like anyone looking for sort of like a business opportunity. Mm -hmm. I think the people who react the quickest are the ones that are going to benefit. We were, we were very quick to react when the first lockdown hit. But, okay, so tell us about um, the Yahoo article then, because obviously that's like a big deal. And mm. your awards that you're nominated for also. Oh, yeah. We'll put all the links for people to vote for you. Voting. When does voting start? This weekend? Oh, no, this we are. In uh, two weeks, I think. Okay. So vote for Raman, guys. For Yeah, so I got nominated for uh, Young Entrepreneur of the Year, Male Entrepreneur of the Year, and Business of the Year. That's crazy. Could you, you have ever thought like that you would be up for those awards? Like if you went back to, to secondary school now and told your teachers that suspended you, yeah. <laughs> that you were nominated for these awards. Does it feel surreal to you now? Like are you just do you sit there and think, what the hell? Literally about three, three and a half years ago, four years ago, the only awards I'm thinking about were like Asian DJ of the Year and stuff like that. <laughs> I'm like I'm like the flipping Asia Awards. <laughs> like those, for me that those were the like those were the awards that I wanted to be hitting right that is absolute madness yeah and then, and then what about the article like what happened with that like did they reach out like how did that go yeah so the article so I got an email from Yahoo Finance basically saying that they wanted to feature me and yeah it just kind of happened pretty quickly they you, I would have thought that was like a like a scam email or something if that happened to me <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, they they um they interviewed me and then fairly quickly I was I was posted up on Yahoo Finance. Life is such a good achievement, and you're like like we said already, like you are still so young. So like, just... yeah, like off the back of that Yahoo Finance article, I got nominated for those three awards. Um, I got published in Disrupt magazine. Ooh. Um, I got published in. Oh, where did I get published? So just just today, I've been sent an article that I've been published in today, about two hours ago, in the uh, London Daily Post. Um, I've got a couple of articles coming out in, I think there's one more coming out in Yahoo Finance. They interviewed me a couple of weeks ago. Um, BuzzFeed. No, that is That's actually amazing. amazing. Honestly, it is. And it's like probably so inspirational, like for anyone, like for everyone that listens literally to the whole podcast. Mm -hmm. start, like I just... I don't think you can predict it. Do you know what I mean? Like, start if you listen to the beginning of this podcast to how it literally escalates so much to like you literally being in like all these articles and winning, like nominate for all these awards and hopefully winning them and like being, you know, settled. I think it like would give a lot of people hope as well, knowing that like you can go through the fail the failures. It doesn't necessarily mean that you won't end up in a good place or better than you ever would have thought. You know, hundred percent. Obviously, like. I think just before we um, started this podcast, obviously you guys are talking to me about how it kind of links back to your previous podcast um, about like how like uni is like expectation. I, you know what? I think that is a massive thing, especially especially with Asian culture. I think they're expected to go to university, finish university, become a doctor, become a chemist, become a like do you know what I mean, become a lawyer. Yeah. Yeah. For me, it was just it was just the fact that education was just never for me. 
I could never get my head down into books. Um, whereas now I love reading books, like, but diff- different kind of. But I'm not. I'm not reading textbooks. I'm reading books about business and all, all these different things. Um, but yeah, it's just it's it's crazy. Like for me personally, I would I would say to people, like definitely think about it before you take the plunge because if it goes wrong, it could go quite badly wrong, like it did for me. Yeah. And then you'll be in a situation where you don't know how to get yourself out of this place. Luckily for me, I had people around me who I could turn to and and help me. Yeah. But not. Yeah, but not everyone has that. So it's important has. to like think. Starting a business is a big thing, and you've got to like it's it's a great thing, but it's a big deal. So, like you say, it's important not to rush that decision mm-hmm. because if you don't rush it, it's most likely going to go the way that you plan it. Well, obviously. Nothing always goes like to plan anyway, but it will probably be a, a lot smoother of a ride. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, you know what? You know, when it comes to uni, like um, uni degrees and stuff, I think the way that the world is going, the requirement to have a university degree to get a job, I think they're slowly going to phase out. Like, it's look, already really phased out. Like, I don't regret going, but then at the same time, I'm thinking... There's no, but look, there's massive corporations like Google, like EY, like places like that, like 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 the Hilton Group. All of these places, you do not need a university degree to apply for a job. No, but it depends what job you want, though, right? Because some of them still want you to be these. Some of these big companies still want you to be educated at, to a certain level. Of course, but from my point of view, having my own business as an employer. If I'm looking at two CVs, one of them has got a uni degree and then the other one's got four years experience doing the role that that I'm actually hiring for. I'm I'm choosing that person with four years experience. Yeah. Yeah. I I think at the moment, though, it is still in that in-between stage. I feel like as like, say, like the next generation of like kids like to decide whether they go to uni or not, I think that that generation will reap the rewards a bit more of that because I feel like businesses are only just understanding that like you said pre like it's still hard for like people our age right now to to get the jobs that you've got the degree for but might not have the experience for but then at the same time it's because there's a lot more opportunities now like apprenticeships and things like that so it does just depend but you are right when you say that even like starting businesses is like quite a not not all people understand it even especially now like they only understand it when you're making the money. They don't understand the concept of it before, especially in our culture. Like I've noticed if you tell someone like, oh, I'm starting my business and because no one makes money straight away. And it's like, look, not they don't look down on you, but do you get what I'm saying? I'm I think that with, our, with our culture, I think it's very much like, just give me the facts, right? Are you making money for the, from this? Is it a viable like career? or whatever for you like are you gonna be able to provide for your family or whatever it is that you you know that they expect from you so you're right when you say like when you get to a stage where you can say yeah I'm making money from this that's when they really can it is really sad but like it's true so for the young entrepreneurs out there obviously you've had a business that hasn't worked the way you wanted it to but now you also have a business touch wood that's succeeding what advice kind of would you give people out there that either are have already started their business or like are wanting to and maybe you know they need that push don't rush one thing I would I would say is for young people is if you can find a mentor 
Yeah, that's a good one. I would say find a mentor. Don't rush it because. So like, how would you find a mentor? Because network. you say that to me, and how I don't know how I would find one. Network. So networking is key then. Networking is key. In the past three years, I've expanded my network from literally just my immediate friends, family to like now I know like you could you could ask me for most things and I'd, I'd, I'd probably have someone I could turn to to ask for advice and to ask for help for that thing yeah it's about they always say it's about who you know isn't it that can open so many doors um it's it's about who you know but I think it's about how you act as well with with those contacts like if you if you help them they're gonna help you do you know what yeah. I mean? uh, at like the end of the day, it's business. Like you have to be beneficial to each other, right? Yeah, yeah, no, that is true. Every yeah. But yeah, yeah I'd say I'd say network, find a mentor. Don't rush because if you fall into that hole, it's very hard to climb out of that hole. Are you taking applications to be a mentor for people? It depends who. <laughs> you do well at that, to be we'll, honest. We'll we'll put the link in the bio so you can apply. But I'm definitely not. I'm focusing <laughs> myself on my own business. <laughs> no, but I actually do think you could be a good mentor. No, I agree. I think because you've kind of experienced a bit of everything, so you would be able to guide someone really well. You can be my mentor. I feel like we've been talking for 10 years, so we're going to wrap this one up. But Raman, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I honestly feel like a lot of people will be inspired by your journey because it's it's relatable right like a lot of people probably were like you at school and just loved the whole social element and you know might not have been too into academics but the where, where you've turned out now and where you're still yet to go and all the exciting things that, that are yet to happen for you is amazing and like all of that should be celebrated but you know that came from not following that generic timeline <laughs> we'll put your nomination links in the <laughs> in the description so everyone go vote for Roman. <laughs> but yeah um yeah thank you for coming on we hope you enjoyed our episode guys stay tuned for our new episode in two weeks time bye bye